Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Those warranties mean more than ever. And a fabulous service department that backs all this up. And also keep in mind that great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, Ross Tucker in just a few minutes. And by the way, Dick Girardi will join us on Friday's show to preview the Kentucky Derby. We'll do that. A public service announcement for the suit, a.k.a. known in the station as Nick the Greek. Time now for the Macatrillo rant of the day where bitterness trumps joy. (laughs) Well, there's mostly joy. Sixers are up one game to none. Joel Embiid officially named the MVP last night. But then there's this when it comes to Joel Embiid. Once again, we are overthinking when it comes to injuries. I don't understand why there are so many people out there saying Embiid, whether he's cleared or not, should play, should not play tonight in game two. This is the way it always should be. If he's cleared, he feels good. He's going out there. There's none of this, oh, he should wait because the Sixers won a game in Boston when they didn't think they were going to save it for the home crowd and they can take advantage there. Hello? There's still a game two to win here. If the Sixers right now, the Sixers have the Celtics on their heels because of the way they won that game the other night without Embiid, they have a huge opportunity to really put their foot on the throat of the Celtics if they can find a way to win tonight because Embiid is back. So there should be none of this, oh, we shouldn't play because you can use an extra day of rest. The Sixers already took one up in Boston. No! Put the hammer down. You had a golden opportunity here. If you go up 2-0 with Embiid and you go back home, you got an opportunity to maybe finish it at home and shock the NBA world by maybe sweeping this team. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Celtics do win tonight regardless. But I'm just so sick and tired of people trying to overcomplicate these things with injuries. If the guy is cleared to play and he feels good, play the game. There's no thinking about this. Oh, maybe we should wait because we took one game and we can save him for home. No. Do what you got to do to win tonight. It's that simple. If he's good enough to play, he should play the game. And it looks like he's going to because he's expected to play and he was cleared. So, MB better be out there full goal, ready to go. And let's see what the Sixers can do tonight. I think you made your point. 
No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. Look, it's, it's always a, it's the doctor, the trainer, and the player. They're the, they're the, all three have to sign off on it. If all three sign off on it, that means you can play. Doctor and trainer says he's good. He says he's good. So he's good. All right. Uh, I want to give Tyrese Maxey just a slice of credit above all for something he did the other night that every young player needs to understand that they need to do. You can talk about what Harden did and about his three-point shot and blah, blah, blah. It's fine. None of that happens. I mean, the Celtics, I think, still win the game if um, if the shot clock violation doesn't happen. The uh, Celtics are uh, have the ball, and then Marcus Smart makes a bad pass, and Maxie picks it off, but everybody thought the shot clock went off. So nine players stopped playing. Both benches thought it was a shot clock violation. The crowd didn't react at all because they thought it was a shot clock violation. It was only four people who I had three officials and Tyrese Maxey. And Maxey thought it was a shot clock violation, but he did the right thing. He kept going, and he scored. And that is a great lesson for all young players. Until you hear the whistle, just keep playing. And that's what Maxie said. Well, I didn't hear the whistle, so I figured I'd just keep going. And it was the pivotal play in the entire game. And it turned out, instead of, because he says he almost stopped. And he said, no, I'll just go through and I'll finish it. And he did, and it's the reason, it was, it's the play that won the game for them. Yeah, he and almost stopped what, in midair. Well, every everybody everybody stopped, and he almost stopped. Yeah, but he, he thought, well, I'll just keep going, and that's a lesson to every young player out there. Absolutely, keep going until they tell you not to. Okay, uh, let the official bring you back. Who cares? He sprinted the extra sixty feet. All right, you've been sprinting that all night. No big deal. Um, and that's that's a credit to him. He was the one guy that at least said, you know what, I'll keep going. Everybody else, and like, I mean, everybody stopped. Everybody stopped. Nine players stopped. Both benches were like, okay, fine, let's get to the next play. The crowd was like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I'm glad you ran down the court. What do you mean it counts? Good for Tyrese Maxey. Good lesson for young players right there. Ross Tucker in a moment. Great to have you with us today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair. 
All right, great to have you with us today, and great to be joined by our old friend, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check it out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL, and also obviously about myfrontpagestory.com. Mother's Day is coming up. Ross, welcome back. Steve, what's up, man? Always good to hear your voice. How are you? Great, great to hear. I'm doing great. How about you? Doing fantastic. Thank you. So what, just a general uh, draft impression, what did you think about the draft? All these guys now have to make that, that chasm leap from college to the NFL. What struck you about the whole thing? Well, um, you know, obviously I'm probably a little bit biased because I do a lot of work for the Eagles, but um, it was pretty impressive what they were able to do. I mean, I, you know, I guess the way I look at it, Steve, is there were not very many mock drafts that had Jalen Carter still available at 9 or 10 where the Eagles got him. I didn't see any of them have, you know, Nolan Smith still available at 30 off the edge. Right. And then, yeah. I mean, even for those psychos that do like the seven-round drafts, and I say that you know, <laughs> as a compliment, but those yep. psychopaths that do the seven-round mock drafts, you know, I, I also didn't see Keely Ringo in the fourth round. So to do all that, and, uh, and still get DeAndre Swift. Because remember, a lot of people wanted them to take B. John Robinson. It's right. just really, really impressive. And, you know, I saw one report where, you know, some of the GMs aren't happy with all of the credit that Eagles general manager Howie Roseman gets. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe do some of the stuff he does. Maybe have a roster as good as his. I want to ask you about DeAndre Swift. Uh, he has been a good NFL back. Uh, how important is it? And I didn't say great because I think he's good. But how important is it because you have Jalen Hurts that good is good enough? Well, I do think that there's something to that. And that's why I never really bought into the B. John Robinson thing because, right. you know, even like the Falcons taking him at eight. I mean, Steve, I think it's $23 million fully guaranteed, which is the third most running running back in the league. So it's not just taking a guy at eight. It's the money that they end up getting uh, guaranteed relative to other guys at their position, which is part of it. And I, and I never really bought it because I guess, you know, the, the guy in free agency that got the most money of the running backs, and there was a bunch of running backs in free agency, was Miles Sanders. You know, former yeah. Penn Stater, which is great. I'm happy for Miles. But, you know, Miles Sanders got $6.5 million a year. I mean, in the playoffs for the Eagles, Kenny Gainwell was kind of out playing him. He out-snapped out him. And so I guess I felt like Gainwell and Boston Scott were the floor for the Eagles at that position. And then mm – -hmm. They kind of already gotten Rashad Penny, I felt like, as the ceiling, and now they got kind of another lottery ticket. I mean, the only knocks really on Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift is that they both have had their fair share of injuries, Penny more than DeAndre. Yeah. So if you have both of them, you know, maybe they'll take turns getting hurt. You always have one healthy. Right, exactly. Well, exactly right. And that that's, you know, durability is the big big part of it for them do you feel now after looking at how it's come together that they now have as close to a complete team as you can have because only one NFC team 
has lost the Super Bowl since 1974 and, re- and gone back, and that was the 74 Vikings. So how complete do you think they are as a team, and, and how important is N'Kobe Dean moving forward to make that team more complete? Yeah, so I don't think their roster is as good as it was last year, yeah. and I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think that's very, very difficult. I think they had the best roster in team history last year. So they had the best roster in the NFL, and not even really by a small margin. When you just think about the depth that they had at all of these positions, I mean, they they still lost seven starters. And the guys they're bringing in, you know, whether it's Cam Jurgen or Tyler Steen at right guard, there's a very good chance that they're not as good as Isaac Tamalo was last year, sure. right? right? And then uh, they're probably right now worse at both safety spots. Um, even the corners, Slay and Bradbury are a year older. I don't know that they're going to be a year better. Um, you have to think they're worse at both linebacker spots. I mean, right now it's N'Kobe Dean, who you just referenced, and Nicholas Morrow. I mean, they're not as good as Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards. Maybe they'll be good enough. Right. But I don't think you can say that. And even Jalen Carter, who might have been the best player in the draft, I mean, that, that'd be a heck of a year if he can play as well as Javon Hargrave played last year for the Birds. All right, no, yeah, exact, exactly right moving forward. But the, the same story is for everybody else around him. Everybody else around him isn't as good either. I think the Giants got a little bit better. I'm not so sure the Cowboys got better. And Washington's Washington. So, I mean, I'm, I don't think, you know, it's not always that, whether you're as talented as last year, I always take a look at where are the other guys. Well, uh, and the one thing I will say about that is I do feel like the Cowboys closed the gap a little bit because they didn't really lose anybody. No, and they then they, they gained Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, who yeah. I think, by the way, uh, can both still play yeah. at a high level at positions of need for the Cowboys. And the teams they got them from, I think, are paying some of their salary, definitely in Brandon Cooks' case. So I think um, the Eagles came back to the pack a little bit, and I think the Cowboys got a little bit better. So, you know, we'll find out, obviously, this fall if it's better enough that they can outplay the Eagles. But the Eagles absolutely are still – a Super Bowl contender, and I would say probably still the favorite in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, you understand this better than anybody else. How big a jump is it from college to pros? Well, it's significant. Um, although, you know what, Steve, it's so funny, because on um, on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, yeah. I had on Henry Bird, who's an mm-hmm. undrafted free agent. He signed with the Broncos. He's a Princeton yeah. kid. But, yeah. I don't know, it might be the first offensive lineman to sign – from Princeton since me. I don't even know. But it's been <laughs> a while. Um, yeah. But, you know, the thing I told him is, and Steve, you'll appreciate this, when I was in college at Princeton and we would watch, like, Penn State play Michigan or Notre Dame or whatever, right, we'd honestly sit there and think, well, how would we play if we had, like, 13 guys on the field the whole game, right? <laughs> and then when I got to my first mini camp. I guess I had built them up so much in my head. Even the younger guys, like my age, like LeVar Arrington, you know, he's such a high school legend for four years that I didn't know Bruce Smith and Big Daddy Wilkinson. Like, I didn't know if they'd pick me up and throw me or what would happen, right? Like, I, right. I really didn't know what to expect. So after minicamp, 
you know, every snap, they moved me to right tackle. And every snap, I was going against a kid named Terry Bryant, who yep. was second team all ACC TN yep. from Clemson. Yep. And Steve, I kept thinking during, like, minicamp, like, when's he going to turn the Clemson on? You know what I right. mean? Like, what, when's he going to turn the good on? And don't get me wrong, uh, it's right. a big leap mentally, and everything happens so much faster. The biggest jumps are actually in the speed of play, the mental processing speed, and the technique I found more than actually the speed. I mean, look, when you watch a – when Penn State plays Ohio State, those guys are all running 4-4. They're all, you know, they're all running fast for their position. It's sure. actually how fast they see things, how yeah. fast they process, and then uh, how good their te- technique is, which is the biggest difference I found. I just want to slip it at the end of the myfrontpagestory.com. I always love when, when you do this every year. Well, I appreciate it because I love your show, especially when I'm up in Sunbury or anywhere near Bucknell. Love listening 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, it's the coolest Mother's Day gift I've ever heard of. My sister and I got one for my mom. I mean, to have a story, it looks like it's in the Daily Item, that written all about right. your mom or your wife. It's beautiful. It has pictures of her. It's framed. I mean, for, for us to be able to say, Mom, we want to do something special, so we had a story written about you. My mom thought we were like the best kids of all time. And then she read a quote <laughs> from my sister that said she wouldn't be the woman she is today without without. I mean, my mom just started crying. So if you want your mom or your wife to cry happy tears, it's myfrontpagestory.com. And then she'll have it hanging up in the house. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Trust me, Steve, everybody in the Valley, myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com. It is so cool, and so are you. Ross, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Anytime, Steve. Looking forward to listening to you this year, man. I think they're going to have a good team. Yeah, not bad. Thanks, Ross. Right, Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker joining us. Ooh, Shane Beaver's pitching tonight. Are you hoping for a rainout? <laughs> We've gone into that point right now. Yeah. Well, that was a nice comeback last night, but things are not good right now with the pinstripes. Hmm. Anybody hurt? All right, we'll uh, come back with uh, more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. talk where your voice counts this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones today's show brought to you by sunbury motors 4th street in sunbury sunbury motors kia routes 11 and 15 Hummel's wharf online at sunburymotors.com ford kia hyundai the best in new inventory all with great warranties and that's so important. I mean, I think it's more important than ever. And great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. 
which means so much to your buying experience. And the uh, service department is just phenomenal. And they just do a great job there with fabulous technicians. Take care of the life of the vehicle. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. So let's get to Joel Embiid for a moment. Winning the, uh, I mean, it's been a long time coming for him to win the MVP. And about when you look at him, you see today this polished product. And that was, look, that's not the case. He didn't take up basketball until he was 15 years old. In Cameroon, for goodness sakes. And for him to, to go through this journey, look, obviously he's he has size. There's no question, okay, he has size. But he didn't start playing until he's 15 years old. And then he was able to get to Kansas. And when he came out of Kansas, he was hurt, and that's why he wasn't the first overall pick in the draft with the foot injuries and so forth. He was not the first overall pick. He was third. And the Sixers took him, waited the two years, and then when he started playing, you're like, you know what? They've got somebody here. He can play. And the area of his game that I just really never had a handle on was that I really felt like from 15 feet in, this guy could really play and was going to help the Sixers. It's a three-point game. He is the modern NBA center. And the fact that he can step out and efficiently hit that shot and do it repeatedly is so impressive to me. And that is something that you can't put a price on in in a big man. That's why in a, in a sport where more and more like for example, the, the number 1 overall pick will be a 7-5 player out of France, but he's not an inside player. He is, he is an outside player who can hit the threes. And, yeah, can he mix it up in there? Sure. But you look at Joel Embiid, he can mix it up with anybody. But it's that road to get there. You're 15 years old. You're in Cameroon. You do enough when you start playing the game. And then he comes out of Cameroon. He gets to Kansas. You're like, hey, this guy's a pretty good player. And the Sixers, I mean, they got fortunate because they didn't have the first overall pick that year. Uh and the fact that he was hurt, and they are the ones that took the chance on him. And in taking a chance on him, it has paid off because he has been terrific one season after the next. And he was a 33-point-a-game scorer this year. And the fact that he and James Harden have meshed so well together, that has been uh, just pivotal to why the Sixers are in the spot that they are in. Because you can have two stars, and with two stars, especially one that's been so ball-centric in his career, it doesn't always work out. Not in this case. Harden checked his game at the door. Then when they needed him to be the James Harden of Houston Rockets, Laurie went out and had 45 in the opener to beat the Celtics. Uh, But the guy has been Joel Embiid, and the first guy to to hug him as soon as he got the award was James Harden. And that tells you a lot 
about the chemistry and camaraderie that the Sixers have. And, you know, you're talking about 33 points, 10 boards a game, four assists a game, nearly two blocks a game. And it's not just the 55% that he shot this year from the field, right? It's also the 33% that he shot in three-pointers. And, you know, that means he's taking out, when they're mostly playing a man, he's taking that guy out with him. So even when he misses, there are smaller players underneath. And he has become and developed into a special player, and now he's recognized as the league MVP. Um, and he was, I, he was justifiably very emotional about it. It means a lot to him. It means a lot to his teammates. And uh, he is expected to play tonight. So congratulations to him. And the Sixer fans are obviously thrilled by all of this, um, by what he's been able to do. And he scored almost 37 points a game against the Celtics this season, by the way. And he's recognized as, this year, the best player in the league. But this is where the league is now. The league is now Joel Embiid with big men. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, uh, even the way Luka Doncic plays, that kind of big man has to step out and hit that shot. And they have set the tone for everybody else that comes into the league that you have to, in turn, hit that shot. Uh, it's not just what you do inside, because it does a lot of great stuff inside. But it's to me, what's really struck me over the years has been his ability to step out and hit the three. doesn't have to take a bunch of them, but just enough where you sit back and say, yep, uh, got to guard him the the entire, you know, inside of 25 feet everywhere. Now, Sixer fans will remember this two years from now. The rest of the country will not. <laughs> because nobody remembers who the MVPs are. But it's but in this moment, it's great for him. The MVP of the playoffs so far has been Jokic, but <laughs> because Jokic has been really good in the playoffs, he's been really good. But you know, now it's winning time. So let's just see how let's see how he does with this. But uh, sixty-six games this season, and put together a terrific season. And look, you know, and when you're talking about, it's interesting in this particular year. This is the year where he averaged the fewest three-point attempts of his career. Do you know that? I did, actually. Yeah, only three three-point attempts a game for him this year. He only averaged making one per game this season. But he dialed it back just on that area just a little bit. And because he's been so dominant inside, I mean, he still took 200 three-point attempts this season. Let's not pretend that... <laughs> And his three-point percentage is down. I mean, he actually had 37% of his threes last year and 38% the year before, but this year he's down. And uh, yeah, even though Jokic gets a, a triple-double uh, every three games, uh, Embiid, to his credit, had won this year. All right, so uh, 
<laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Fowler. That's true, you know. You only have one whole season. No, you're right. That is true. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the whole year. One. You know? You know, then there's this guy you keep calling a bum. You've referred to him as a bum on the air. Some reason you don't like him. I don't know. You're just not a Jokic fan at all. You're, you're no fan. I like his game. It's just, I don't know, I I guess the bias is there. I like Embiid better. Yeah, I'm just, you know, for some reason you just don't like him. I don't know. You're a hater. <laughs> I just spent the last five minutes praising your guy. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right on with both guys. The, the guy the guy deserved to, you know, the guy deserved to go out and win the MVP this year. You know, uh, a lot of credit to him. Yeah, you you know. Your guy had one triple-double. He had 29. <laughs> oh, my almighty! It's a lot of triple-doubles. <laughs> That's a lot. That's like almost 40% of the season. Your guy had how many? One? One, wow. yeah. That's kind of a low number, I think. Compared to 29, yeah, a little low, but... I mean, he's already had two and seven playoff games. That's one more than your guy had the whole season. <laughs> the league is lucky. I think the uh, the league has uh, a lot of talented players right now. Yeah. And when you, you look at the two, obviously, Jokic is going to have more assists by a wide margin over Embiid. But Embiid, you know, averaged nine point nine more points per game than Jokic did. Jokic actually had more rebounds. So Jokic is not a bad three point shooter either. He's not bad at all. He's a thirty eight percent three point shooter. Hmm. Wow. Where's your guy again? Thirty three. What am I missing here? This guy, this guy in Denver statistically is the superior player. No, <laughs> what thanks going on here? <laughs> Got five thousand triple doubles. What, what, what's going on here? I don't get what's going on. <laughs> it's so weird though because I, I still don't know if the Nuggets are going to be good enough to beat the Lakers or. Surprisingly, uh, or the Warriors with the I, way Steph Curry's playing right now, and the Lakers look better than I, I th thought they would, but I still think it's the Warriors that are going to win that series. I think that Denver is, and that's because of Jamal Murray. 
It's they they play because of Jokic. They play a little differently than everybody else. You know, when you've got a point forward that can shoot, hmm, very interesting. And as for your Sixers, I mean, it's a big opportunity for them tonight. One uh, Penn State basketball note. Uh, the latest to transfer in is Leo O'Boyle from Lafayette. Of course, everybody in the Valley would be familiar with him playing against Bucknell. A lot of bad memories. <laughs> and uh, uh, he played against Penn State. If if you went to the Michigan State football game and you popped in early enough the night before to see Penn State play Lafayette, Mike Jordan's team, uh, the uh, he had 19 points in that game. And in, in, in getting ready for the game, and, and you know I get ready for every game the same way. In other words, I put as much into getting ready for a Lafayette as I do for... Purdue or Texas in the postseason because uh, I just think there's one way to do it and when you're on for three hours you, you better be the best you can be for it because let's face it anybody's going to take the time to listen to what you have to say about something you better be as prepared as possible because you owe it to them and so I'm watching the, the video of Lafayette getting ready and I'm thinking said to Dick, I said, this old Boyle kid can really play. And he is not going to come in here. He's not going to be a star. I mean, I think you can doubt. I mean, he may come come off the bench. But he, what Mike needed after the initial wave of, I got a point guard, a power guy, you know, a center, you know, a couple of guys that can play inside out, is they needed more shooters. And I, I feel like Puff Johnson – uh, Hicks and now O'Boyle give them more shooters on the floor and a guy that can hit the three-point shots, a lot like the kid they picked up from Hartford last year at VCU. So this was one of those really good, solid pickups that makes your basketball team better, and he will do that. He has one year of eligibility remaining, so he and Wahab are the two that have one year of eligibility remaining. All the others... Kern, Hicks, um, Baldwin, and Johnson all have multiple years of eligibility remaining. But that was a good pickup for Penn State. And we'll see if he can uh, shoot the three as well as that other Patriot League guy can. Bingo! (laughs) Andrew Funk was tremendous for Penn State this year. And Texas A&M still doesn't know what hit him. I don't think they ever will. <laughs> no, I don't think they ever will either. I think that was fun. Oh, it was fun, all right. <laughs> like, it was like I, once, once it got there was like ten minutes ago in the first half. You kind of felt like you know what. But Dick and I kind of thought there was a way it could play out, and we're watching it play out the way we talked about it. And we're like, this is a lot of fun. All right. Um, but new year, 
new cast of characters. And in fact, uh, Penn State in football. Here's a here's a transfer for you away from Penn State, but Penn State plays Northwestern this year in football at uh, Ryan Field. Bryant, the quarterback from Cincinnati, just committed to quarterback at Northwestern. So, and I think I think there's a good chance he is going to be the starter. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think so too. You know, I think I think he has a good chance to beat out Ryan Holinsky there. We will come back more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The 2023 MVP from the Philadelphia 
I mean, sorry, but it's not so bad. <laughs> I mean, they aren't that bad of a team. <laughs> and that's what cracks me about. Oh, they were the president's struggle. Well, the team that beat him won it last year. <laughs> okay.